What is up, everybody? You are listening to the Otaku Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. This part is our second part of our 2022 Best of Anime Deliberations, kicking the genres right back up, getting through them and through to our special categories, and then the seasonals, and then, yes, the anime of the year. Definitely appreciate you guys' weight in getting this second part of the deliberation, and I hope you guys enjoy it. All right. Another one that will only be here is Isekai category, which... Dang, that was a lot easier than I thought it would be. <laughs> I threw the gun of this list so fast. It was not that difficult. There's maybe one that I'm kind of upset about not having in the list, but for the most part, it was kind of an easy go. I mean, yes, Lana Liddell is a good one. Um, Life of the Ordinary Knockout. Skeleton Knight was fun. Uh, nobody cares about Rising Shield Hero except for Raftelio's episode. Trap and Daisy Sim, I think, is a, is a hard one not to have in my list because I think that one was really good. I'm glad we're getting a second season. Um... Yeah, Boy Kong means more of a reverse isekai. Well, it's actually more of like a time jump of anything. So I guess that's not necessarily in the credits, but it's super good. Um, uh, I don't really think uh, Parallel World Pharmacy is really good. I, I, that's another one that's kind of hurt not having the list. But uh, Taming the Final Boss, I think the first arc was really good, but the rest of it hurt to watch. But I think I'm good. Uh, number five I have is Reincarnated as a Sword. That one is. Like I said, every episode was precious. I just love Fran. Fran was the only reason I was watching it. Um, I I like Shisho because Shisho makes Fran happy, and that's the only important thing. He's the he's the father of the of the the daughter we we must all protect, and he's doing that, even though he let her get hurt a couple times, which fail. Uh, but no, it's it's really good animation too. Um, the music is really fantastic when it ramps up. Um, the overall story of Fran and her journey is is really good as well. Um, I think every story beat that it got into was very quick, very uh, complicated, but simple enough. Um, it didn't get too heavy on things, but at the same time, it wasn't super simple with things. So I think it's it's a very well-paced series that really just nails a really great kind of semi-female lead type show that manages to really kind of draw me in every single week. I, I was really surprised by it. Um, again, number four is going to be Uncle from Another World. Talk that one to death. It, they, we're going to start getting into shows where we're bringing it up again. <laughs> so unless there's something specific to the genre, um, we, we won't bother talking about it. But yeah, Uncle from Another World, easy. Um, three, uh, Executioner Way of Life, which again, I'm not going to get too detailed in that. Uh, detailed in that. Talk to death. Uh, number two, Mushoku Tensei Jabba's Reincarnation, Eris the Goblin Slave. The only reason it's number two is because it's just one episode, but I still really, really love it. Um, actually, I would probably say Executioner would probably... Nah, I'm, I'm going to change this around. I'm actually going to put Mushoko Tensei at the bottom. I really don't want to put a single episode above all this stuff. So Mushoko, number five. Reincarnated as a Sword, number four. Uncle from Another World, number three. Executioner Way of Life, number two. And yes, Ascendance of Bookworm, season three. Number one, easy. Love it to death. Mine is great. I, I will forever love the series, and I'm always going to love the series. Are you struggling, Chris? Are you good? I guess. I, I don't know. I probably am missing it all up, so. This is your genre. Chris loves his ESA guys. And all why right. isn't Fantasy Knockout in your list? <laughs> because she didn't. She, she couldn't fit. I mean. The fantasy Knockout show was, um, started really good. I like Elf better. Um, Uncle from another. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle from another gamer one. <laughs> Un- Uncle from another world is n- my number five. Um, then I've got executioner in a way of life, um, and then of course I've got to have harem in a labyrinth in another world somewhere in one of these freaking lists. So I'm gonna put it up here. 
Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting tired of leaving, uh, uh, Roxanne off the list. Um, and then I've got number two, I've got, uh, Shugo Tensei, uh, Eris's episode. I'm, I'm the, that's the only one that I'm a little bit leery of putting in this. I, that's why I said it's like one episode. It's one episode and I'm not sure how I feel about it. Cause it, yeah, it it's, 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 it's one of those frustrating things is I love it. I love that series so much um, that anytime it's in a list, I, it almost feels obligated to put it in that. Um, but I am a little bit leery of putting it in there. Um, so take that into consideration. If you feel like I'm putting it into one too many spots, then I, I completely get that. But it, it, I, I love that show so much. Um, and then um, obviously... I love mine. So any, any chance I can, I'm going to put her at number one. So mine, the goblin slayer <laughs> mine, uh, supernatural mystery is a tough one for me because it feels like a lot of stuff in this list is, uh, good at one or the other. And I, they're all good. <laughs> like it's a really good season or year for mystery supernatural, but, um, I think I'm, I think I'm comfortable with my list. So I'm going to start off with um, the only one I think I didn't put it in my list was Mob Psycho 103. I made a whole video on why I I am frustrated by the fact that I don't love Mob Psycho as much as other people do. Um, I enjoy it. I just don't love it like other people do. Um, welcome to enjoy it. Uh, the other one I didn't put in my list that I kind of want to know is Vampire in the Garden. I think it was a solid vampire show. I think people should check it out. Which studio did a really good job on it, but... It didn't quite make my list. But no, um, and World's End Harem, I'm not mad about because the mystery in that show sucked. <laughs> I called it from the beginning, and it was that. Uh, moving on. Uh, my number five for Mystery Supernatural is Raven in the Inner Palace. Um, again, I, I it's kind of juggling romance, mystery, uh, drama, all in one package, and period piece drama kind of stuff. And I think, for the most part, the mystery in it was okay. It's not try to figure it out as it goes along. It's more her discovering the mystery and figuring it out. And then you're seeing how she resolves it. So it's not like heavy, um, but it also again has supernatural elements and the idea that she's always dealing with ghosts because she can talk to ghosts. I enjoyed all that stuff. So number four, I have call the night. I feel like I haven't been able to get it into any list so far. Right? So I have to get it somewhere. <laughs> call the night is literally perfection in presentation, style, music, um, the, the mood, the colors, um, the characters, character moments, it's all really fantastic. And I love its take on the vampire. <laughs> it's the idea that biting is pretty much making, uh, offspring, which is really weird, but, um, it's fantastic. I love it. So number three, I have summertime render, which I've talked to death, uh, two shadow house, second season and number one case study of Vanitas. Uh, case study Vanitas is a phenomenal series. Please go watch it. I love the first part. The second part was like it couldn't, it wasn't letting go. Like it, from the moment that the show started with its second part, it just, it just drags you into some insane stuff. And I love its world of vampires, the mechanics within it, uh, the world building, the action in there was fantastic. The music presentation, everything was just, God, I love it. I love this series. So granted, there's not a lot of shows on this, this, this list, but, um, out of those shows, I've only watched about three of them. Um, so, Take, into, take that into consideration. Uh, Raven and the Inner Palace, I absolutely, just based on the few episodes that I watched, I would probably definitely have it on this list. It's an absolutely fantastic, the parts that I've seen. 
Um, but for what it is, for what I've got, um, I've got number three, I've got summertime rendering. Uh, number two, I've got call of the night. Um, and then number one, shadow house. I absolutely love Kate and all the, that stuff. So Kato, Kato, Kato. Next one is difficult. So we have a healing, relaxing Yashike, uh, segment, which is always a difficult one because I always feel like sometimes things get a little heavy. So it kind of drops a little bit for me. What we're looking at specifically shows that the, its primary focus is to for you to sit down, watch it, and not have to worry about things, and just as it suggests, heal and relax. Um, and I felt like this this year had some pretty decent ones. I I struggled with putting Slow Loop in my list just because it does technically get heavy, and I think uh, Akebi does as well, but it's it's typically in a heartwarming way. Um, yeah, I think I'm, I think my list is pretty solid. I almost want to put Shachiku higher, um, because that's, that shows the epitome of healing. Like it's literally, that's all it's there for. (laughs) It's like, that's all it's there for. Um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to put it, I'm going to put that a little bit higher. So yeah, so I have number five slowly. The only one that I didn't get in my list was healer girl, which, um, I think you can te- technically uh, say that's a really solid one as well. Um, it does get a little heavy at times and more dramatic. The music's very heavy and, and amazing. The music is absolutely amazing, don't get me wrong, um, but a little bit heavy. So I'm going to go with number five, Slow Loop. Again, it does get heavy with the aspects of loss and overcoming that, but similar to what I was talking about with the um, Akibe, uh, Akabe, it's more... Um, heartwarming. It's it's going to resolve. It's healing, so to speak. So the characters are healing, but it does get heavy in in subject. But for the most part, it's girls going out, discovering, having fun, and moving on with their lives. So that's the focus of it. And I think it does that really well. Um, coming from you know losing my own parent, you know that I felt that relatability to the characters, and it was fun, kind of going with that adventure of healing with them. So number two or number four is uh, Akabi Sailor Uniform absolutely love it like Akebi makes me smile every time I see her on the screen just I wanted her to be happy and she was always happy and just very energetic she is a positive nature she has that positive energy and I felt like they portray that stuff really well again before like I said before that the the goof ups and the embarrassing moments that just made me laugh um it's treasured uh number three finally get to put Misachiku in one of these lists I I feel I feel like Misachiku just nails not just it, it it hits on the idea of somebody being overworked, but it's not it's not going through the realms of going, well, you should stop. No, it's actually going through the realms of you sometimes you just can't. And how do you deal with that? How do you find purpose and healing through your break times? Which was really, really cute. So it's super adorable. Do it yourself number two. Again, just fun and lovable characters. Encouraging a climb is number one. Um that show just I, the, the girls are just so pure, and I love watching them, and I love reading them on. I love seeing them achieve things, and just the goofiness shenanigans with the characters. So, yeah, and some breathtaking visuals and stuff, just walking around and hiking and stuff. Um, I've got um, they're, they're because of the 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 layout of my schedule, I was unable to catch up on Encouragement of Climb. I almost guarantee you, it'd probably be at the top of my list um, along with Andrew. Um, so take that into consideration. Um, so as, as it stands right now, I've got number four as slow loop. 
Um, I think that they did um, absolutely fantastic on the healing yourself, um, especially through um, uh, moving on and meeting new people, finding finding new purpose and, and things to do, uh, similar to what Encouragement of Climb does. Um, number three, I've got uh, Akabi's Sailor Uniform, uh, just enjoying somebody uh, that is... In, uh, outgoing and trying to incorporate themselves into a new environment and and loving the simple things and stuff like that i absolutely think it's a fantastic thing uh show healer girl girl i believe has a fantastic uh score and i um over and over of if nothing else between the visuals and the the music i think it is an absolutely fantastic show and then you have these light-hearted um, a group of girls who are just love singing. And I, I, I think it's an absolutely fantastic show. Um, and then the absolute out of all of these, um, similar to encouragement of climb, uh, Sachiku is the absolute definition of a healing show for me. And I absolutely loved it. Uh, the, the, the fluffy, uh, everything. It was a fantastic show. I'm struggling with the next list is cute girls doing cute things. <laughs> I it was it was what's great about this year for the cute girls doing cute things is that it they they kind of transcend cute girls because cute girls doing cute things is typically here's cute girls and they're being moe and cute and doing a thing and I feel like this year like they actually have storyline <laughs> like that was the do it yourself thing was like oh cute girls doing do it yourself and then it's like oh wait you're actually good at writing <laughs> you're actually good at writing it's not just a comedy and they're ditzy and being cute um, but. Yeah, I'm struggling because I have one more slot and I don't know what I want to put in it. Um, like even Boat to the Rock, I kind of struggle with it being cute girls doing cute things. I mean, they're cute, yes, but it's not. It doesn't feel like a cute girls doing cute things. It feels like it's trying um, very hard to be very serious, but at the same time, very um, soft with its expression about you know Bochi's struggles and stuff. I think I'm. I, I think I'm just gonna put Demon Girl next door. I I, I have not given Demon Girl next girl uh, next next door any credits, and I feel bad about it. I guess that's good. Yeah, I think that's good. Uh, number five I have is the Demon Girl next door second season. It wasn't as good as the first season for me. I still love Shamiko so freaking much. She's so amazing. Um, got a lot more into the characters and their storyline than anything. I just felt like the pacing was a little bit off with this season. So that's kind of what brought it down a lot for me but i still love it i love shamiko uh, gambare shamiko um number four i have is encouraging to climb next summit again cute girls doing hiking and it nails it they're they're adorable and i root for them um number three slow loop again basically cute girls doing fishing but again having a little bit in the background about their struggles and moving forward do it yourself cute girls doing do it yourself but again very great character writing just add it in there with it. And my number one, finally getting in a list, is in the art in the heart of Konichi Sabaki. If you are looking for cute girls doing a thing, look no further than in the heart of Konichi Sabaki. The show literally screams, look at all these amazingly cute character designs and them doing shenanigans. And there's a lot of girls. So that's probably the only problem with it being anywhere else in any other list is the fact that it was there was so many characters. It it didn't really have a focus sometimes, 
But I think that's what makes it great for a cute girls doing cute things. Forehead girls, because it's by the creator of Takagi-san, they're absolutely adorable. I love them to death. They're all precious, and I had a lot of fun watching it. And Cloverworks did a really good job with the animation, so. Ninja Girls. Chris is struggling with his last one. Can he make it? He made it. <laughs> I've got, um, for number five, I've got RPG Real Estate. Um, absolutely adorable characters, and they're, like Andrew was saying, doing thing is, um, in this particular situation, they're, um, doing real estate through an RPG land, and then all the, the goofy jokes involving RPGs is in there. Um, like Andrew had mentioned, uh, in the heart of, uh, Konishi Subaki, absolutely adorable characters, um, and there's a whole bunch of them, so you're, you're not without a, uh, exploring a new character at, at any point. Um, then I've got slow loop for number three, um, cute girls doing fishing. Um, number two, I've got, uh, Miss Sachiku and, and the little, and the little Yuri, uh, the uh, little Yuri ghost. Yeah. The little Yuri. Ghost. <laughs> um, that was a different show that I didn't see. Was it, it, it Yuri? I think that's how, how it was. Anyway. Um, the lolly ghost, the lolly ghost. And then, um, and then for number one, I've got Akibi's uh, sailor uniform because Akibi is absolutely adorable. We don't have much for shorts. Like I just looked through it, and like there's not many shorts that we even watch. I mean, it's Kaganato and and Dummy Head Mike, which I think was fantastic. Dummy Head Mike is basically Rudius as fried chicken and stuff, and a, a seat and stuff. So I, we don't really have much for for shorts. I only watched like two episodes of Dummy Head Mac, Mike, so um, automatically Kaginato wins. Animation. This is going to be extremely tough. Um, like there's some standouts. Like yes, you can obviously say Demon Slayer. It's a footable, um, unlimited Demon Slayer budget works, whatever you want to call it. Um. <laughs> And then you have, like, Princess Connect, where they were going absolutely nuts with that one. Like, even with Maiden Abyss, they went crazy. Um, Engage Kiss did some really incredible animation. Call the Night has more artistic than anything. Summertime Render had a, one a really amazing episode. Like, well, there was actually, like, two or three episodes that were extremely amazing. But not overall. Not crazy animation. Mob Cycle 100, obviously, having a lot of crazy animation. Chainsaw Man having crazy animation. Besides the CGI. Oh, geez. Do yourself. I think there's there's a lot of shows where it's like it's not action animation. It's just character uh, emotion. Like Legal Coil, yes, has action scenes, but they nailed character movement to portray emotion and stuff. Do yourself with the same case. I even think Slow Loop did that as well. Um, it's a really, really tough year for <laughs> animation wise. Um I think Maiden Abyss, Princess Connect, Demon Slayer, Cyberpunk has to be in the list. Like, if those aren't in the list, people are going to be really mad. I mean, Mob Psycho not being in the list is going to make people mad as well, but... Um, I get to use the I didn't watch it. He didn't excuse. watch it, yeah. You get the little excuse to get out of there. This sucks. This really does suck. Like, I, I'm, I'm screwed no matter what. I'm going to get at least one fandom mad at me. Like, even Ranking of Kings. Oh my gosh, forgot about that one too. Spike's family was really good for a lot of its scene, but it's not, like, a lot. Especially early on was really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm stuck between, like, 
six fandoms, and I don't really care. I'm going to make somebody mad anyways, so I'm just going to do what I think. Are You got it? I don't know, possibly. You don't know? <laughs> I'm just going to go with it and say, be darned, whatever. All right, I've got uh, Princess Connect uh, season two. I, I like I said earlier, there there was this one moment that that I remember co- coming into Andrew and saying that they just went nuts on on a particular scene, and this this carried on through pretty much the entire season. They just went crazy on the animation. Um, then I've got Demon Slayer. Uh, there, like like we had talked about earlier, the there was like six episodes of just pure nut uh animation um and action scenes um made in the abyss season two again they and this is this is giving a lot of credit to these animators they went crazy and they you know they had to have killed themselves trying to keep a lot of this stuff up because you're talking about episode by episode by episode of just pure sakuga in a lot of the cases um, Licorice Recoil, it, that one absolutely blew me away. The first episode when they, when they did some really fantastic fight choreo- choreography and then that caught my attention. And so this was one of those shows that I ended up watching more, um, ju- not because there was a f- fantastic drama points, but when it came to the, the animation and their, their action scenes, there was some really fantastic, interesting things that they were doing that just broke out of the box and things that they were doing. Um, and then obviously one of my favorites of this, of this year was easily cyberpunk edge runners. I, one of the scenes that absolutely, um, stands out probably the most to me. And this is, this is those, um, simple, simple things that, uh, animators do that, I don't know that a lot of people give them a lot of credit for, but they they go to um, the artistic choices in, in a lot of cases. In particular, in Edge Runners, I remember um, they were going through um, they were doing a VR uh, scene, and there's this this moment of Lucy trying to get um, David, I think is his name, mm-hmm. um, to follow her, and and he she had her hands behind her back, and you see this entire. Um, her walking and and you can see her hand she she was doing this beckoning uh uh thing with her hand and just the 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 pure sakaga in that moment was just absolutely fantastic uh in my opinion i think that they did fantastic through a lot of those those scenes but yeah love it all right my number five i have is and again like i said before there's there's a million shows this season that, or this year that were really incredible, and um, I hate that I can't name them all. But and each one of them kind of do their own thing. Like and Chris, kind of, Chris kind of highlighted that aspect of each one of them doing different things. Like obviously Chainsaw Man in my number five is just going to be crazy action all over the place, perspective shots, visual background drops, um, the meshing between CGI and normal animation, and even using CGI to mold uh, 2D animation. They did a lot of really incredible stuff with their their ability to put this together. And yes, like I said before, I, I cringe at those moments where it's like, yeah, those faraway shots of Denji look really CGI goofy, but for the most part, really incredible. And a lot of that has to do with directing and perspective shots and all that kind of stuff. So a lot of people wondering what's higher than Chainsaw Man. <laughs> Cyberpunk Edge Runners. I agree, I agree with, with Chris on a lot of the cases. Uh, Trigger does a really good job of, 
sometimes hiding the lack of animations, but in a lot of cases when they do go crazy, they go crazy. And it's not just more that, but the fact that the the world is you have to give them a lot of credit for not just okay with Chainsaw Man, and this is not a, a shade to Chainsaw Man, but when you think about Chainsaw Man, it is animating a real world. Like you could take our world as a backdrop to create the world. So we have plenty of reference to make a uh, basically a bustling city like Chainsaw Man has. Cyberpunk, they're having to essentially take a video game um, art style. I think they pretty much use that for a lot of the reference. They're using a different world as a reference to create their animation. So it takes a lot of skill to really create out of thin air something that's not necessarily real. <laughs> and it was the same reason why my number three is where it's at, which is Made in Abyss. Nice segue. Um, breathing life into Made in Abyss and the Abyss world is absolutely incredible. And some of the fights with, and, and the fight with Fopta and everything towards the later part was insane. <laughs> like insane stuff later on that was absolutely brutal and incredible. So uh, number two, yes, it's going to be in the list, even though I had my issues with the first half. Uh, Demon Slayer, they went, crazy like the, the the that fight was un like non-stop incredible crazy animation and you can't say even if you have your faults with the series you can't deny it was incredible um so hats off to them and my number one princess connect, princess connect redive i think the reason why princess connect redive does so well is because it's doing character animation plus action it's not just action it's character emotions animation movement um, along with the action, the crazy bombastic stuff, the, the, the idle performances, everything that it kind of ran into with that series, it did it, and it did it perfectly. And again, very so much so avoiding CGI, which I give them a lot of massive credit for. So and if they used it, they hit it really well. All right, our next category is art. Artsy-fartsy stuff. This is typically going to be things that's not necessarily all about, like, animation, crazy style, and all that kind of stuff. Well, it's his style. Uh, crazy animation, but more, like, things that really focus on a unique style that really did grab our attention that we want to give it praise for. And there is a lot of really uniquely designed stuff that I think really does stand out from the crowd. And it sucks because there's only five slots we can put it in. <laughs> Uh, we have Sabakui Bisco, which is, yes, I really love the style of that world. Um, really did capture the essence of the world itself and the post-apocalyptic setting and everything like that. A little bit of a steampunkish feel to it, which I did appreciate. Akiba Sailor Uniform, Akabi Sailor Uniform, which I think was, at first, I didn't like it. It was a lot off-put by the style, but I think in the end it really did nail it, and it had some beautiful shots. Rank it a King. Again, it's it's basically like a children's book come to life, and I really did love that style in the end, even though it was like, is this a kid's show? <laughs> it nailed it. It nailed it. Kaguya-sama Love is War. Every scene is literally so uniquely portrayed. I think that was one of the reasons why the series worked so well. Executioner Way of Life. I love the style of it, visual style of it, character designs and everything. Executioner Way of Life um, had its own style as well. Or why well, I just said that. Uh, Ya Boy Kong Ming. <laughs> It's the same thing. Yeah, boy, Kong Ming is just artistic genius. Like they nailed that adaptation so well. So many different styles to it, and music, and all that kind of stuff. Konichi Shibaki again, forehead girls—they're all adorable. Um, Healer girl, which I think again portrayal of the the music because every time they sing their music to heal people, it's just the orchestra and everything was so amazing. Prima Doll, I love their style as well. The character designs and the contrast of the world itself. Made in Abyss again is like a big gigantic 
like m- like it's an art piece. Like every single shot is like you can have that in a museum. Call of the Night, like I said before, it nailed its aesthetic so well. The the feel of the night itself. Shadow House, again, more like a gothic look to it, which was really beautifully portrayed. Cyberpunk, again, nailing the cyberpunk world and that kind of neon look to it. Do it yourself, again, more in the idea of like very sketchy looking characters, but very animated. Uh, Bochi the Rock, every time Bochi has some sort of crisis, they did some really crazy, cool, unique thing with her character, which I thought was beautifully done. Uh, Raven the Inner Palace nailed the aesthetic of it and Dissetsu looks amazing. And Ark Knights is the last one I have on the list, which is, again, like just directing genius and yes, poofy jackets. <laughs> Cat girl, uh, animal girls with poofy jackets. What can I say? Um, yeah, so many good, so many good shows, and um, it's it's hard to choose just five. It's like Chris is really quick about it. Chris is like, Psh, I ain't got no problems. <laughs> Chris ain't got no problems. I think you're pretty much on the same board as me, though. So, um, I give this a lot of leeway because of the fact that I have not watched the entire thing. I think raven in the inner palace absolutely aesthetic wise knocked it out of the park and i was really drawn in by its um its beauty um bochi the rock i think that they absolutely did fantastic with their their character artwork um and and general aesthetic as well um call of the night um along with uh cyberpunk edge runners that both of those shows absolutely capture the essence of um the night world and they ooze um style and i absolutely love it i love the aesthetic of both of those shows um and then of course i i absolutely am into the gothic um type style and so shadow house is easily um there's a lot of bias involved in that i i fully acknowledge look i love it um so yeah that's that's easily my number one yeah, it, it pains me not to put Shadow House on my list, but dang if everything is artistically beautiful with this this particular year. Made Abyss I have for number five, again, nails the very creative world they have. Cyberpunk, yes, the cyberpunk neon world world building they have with that one. I agree with Chris, is the Call of Night, and Cyberpunk has that same feel. It nailed the atmosphere. Uh, Bochy Rock is I have number three, which again... A lot of that has to do with the perspective shots. I love the fish eye look uh, every now and then, the fish angle. the Again, portraying all these different moods of Bochi herself, which I think was so creative. Um, and then I have number two is Call the Night, which again, nails the night feel. And I used to be a, I used to be a, a graveyard shifter, and it just it nailed it. And I, technically with my days doing uh, street racing and stuff, had that kind of feel as well. And then number one, your boy Kong Ming. I cannot have anything besides your boy Kong Ming at the top. And it's it's a it's a tribute to what PA Works did with that manga. You took basically something that is just visual and made it to audio and visual as well. And just the rap wars, <laughs> every different style they had with that one visually. I love the character designs. Um, just overall, I think they really absolutely nailed what is essentially what they're doing is art, music. And it, so it, it transcends just being visual and made it into audio as well. So, yeah, it, it's a difficult like it's like what type of art? Like, they're all different. Everything hits a different style of art. And I, that's why I kind of wanted to go through all the nominations to give the reasons why I selected them. They're all beautiful. So concept is a very unique 
category that we have. Concept specifically is when we see that there's something, it doesn't always have to pull it off, but we're specifically kind of noting shows that did something that we feel is really unique. And even if it, again, didn't pull it off, it didn't nail it, it still was going for something different. And so we want to kind of give it some praise for that. So <laughs> I put Harem and Alive with Another World in there. Chris grabbed it. <laughs> it is technically doing something different. Isekai and, and jumping in. Um, no, no dither and main character with that one. <laughs> um, no, I have, I put in the nominations uh, some that kind of jumped out to me, which Genius Prince to Rise to Raise, uh, Guide to Raising a Nation Out of Debt. That was my favorite, but I do appreciate what it was doing there. Um, Love a Kill is another one where it's like, yeah, going for a really dark romance, which again, at the time when I was watching it was, I felt very unique and I thought it was a, something special about it, even though like, I didn't nail it. I'm quitting heroing, which I've kind of talked to death. I don't want to spoil it, but it does something really incredible with the dejected hero, the, the, the abandoned hero, basically executioner way of life. The again, perspective of the people in the world that don't want the isekais there. Your boy Kong Min. Like I said, another re- like again, not in reverse isekai. It's just a time jump, um, transportation of somebody fish out of water, but into the realm of music itself. Uh, Healer girl. They they made the idea of girls singing to heal people a thing that was actually in a modern times world, and it makes sense and it feels natural in that world, which I think was incredible. Uh, isekai life. I don't know why I put that there. Probably the whole transferring spells thing. I don't know. <laughs> no, a protagonist that goes into negative mana. Um, harem and <laughs> another world. Yeah, like a non-dithering Isekai harem protagonist. Um, Shadow House, second season. Mainly because everything in that world is insane and it pulls it off every time. Uh, Parallel World Pharmacy. Isekai to being a pharmacist, but in a very grounded way, which I thought was fantastic. And Reincarnate as a Sword. Pretty much the idea of somebody being an object rather than a character, and that kind of what what was the word that I used? The um, how they basically rely on each other. So that was kind of interesting as well. So yeah, I think there's one that I really have to have at the top, and the rest is going to be kind of difficult because it's kind of just playing off of what I guess did it better in the end. I think these are kind of givens. I really want to have this one on the list. All right. Chris, I'm going to try to do this. I might shift mine around, I, but I'm going to go with it. Um, on my number five, I've got Parallel World Pharmacy. Um, this one, like like I mentioned before in, in the previous category I put them in, um, I do like the fact that w- them uh, trying to incorporate... Um, the, doing the isekai, but from the perspective of somebody who has a has a lo- an established life and not being a, not really necessarily having to let go of that previous life, it's actually using previous life experiences in this new world, and I think that they incorporated that really well. I whether or not they fully pulled it off, I is is outside of the scope they did try and they pulled off a lot or they did really well in incorporating that um healer girl is i think that that was absolutely um 
fantastic in the aspect of the you always hear the of music and and whether or not it and and it healing you and all that stuff and this is taking that to the absolute um complete um completion of that idea if, of actually these girls are literally healing people and i i I love how they 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 pulled that in and they they make a really like Andrew had said a very believable concept of it and I think it's really fantastically done and like I said before I love the 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 uh music in that that show and it absolutely fantastic. Next is the ex- executioner in a way of life. I I really do like the idea of s- flipping the entire uh, isekai genre almost on its head by um, making these these characters who are supposed to be the heroes into not necessarily an antagonist, but they are detrimental in a way. And I like that they have incorporated a storyline around the idea of. Um, finding these characters and ending them for, for a lack of a better term, executing um, them, executing maybe. them. <laughs> so, yeah, I love that. And, um, I like that they've kind of incorporated that and how it, it, it has the moral dilemma of it and, and, and go getting into that. Um, reincarnated as sword, uh, like Andrew has said, I really like the idea of changing up another, Thing that they're changing up in the reincarnation story of instead of becoming um, a hero or a, uh, an, a bad guy or a something different in or the, the Atome games trying to do the uh, inanimate object per se and trying to incorporate that. Um, and then of course, because I'm freaking tired of not being able to put my, my show in a list somewhere, I'm putting it at the top of this list because one of the main reasons I did fall in love with Harem in the Labyrinth is I do like the show. It is my show. Fell fell in love Um, with Chris's show. More than anything that I did love about Harem in the Labyrinth is that it was, it did do something in a lot of cases that was different and it was, um, in, incorporating the systems of the world and exploring those systems and then eventually branching out into some other things that is 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 where they were starting to get into and i absolutely love those concepts and um i for that that reason i absolutely love love that show all right mine for concept is number five your boy kong ming which again is the aspect of the fish out of water but really taking it into direction of him kind of not necessarily relying on the fish out of water aspect, but really kind of taking the perspective of somebody in an older time warring period and putting it into the world of modern times Japan where everything's peaceful and people are just trying to make music. Um, and they really pulled that off. And again, really kind of com- taking different styles and bringing them together was great as well. Uh, Shadow House second season, because again, Shadow House, it's a, a, the, the, the house itself is this complex thing with rules within it that has always intrigued me and it just doesn't seem like they ever stop with the cool ideas they bring into the picture and it all melds well together. Um, it's one of those ones where you really wonder how much of this is pre-planned because it's working so well. Uh, three healer girl. Like I said, I, I really do appreciate the idea, even though it wasn't a great show for me. It was a cool concept, like this idea of re- making the idea of medicine and prescriptions and music and, 
yes, you have to see the person and, and really uh, sort of mold the music around an individual person. I always point out the fact that they have this moment where this uh, lady is having contractions and she's pregnant and they're essentially trying to soothe her with music, but they're inexperienced, so they don't know that they're supposed to cater to the infant as well inside of her. And it's learning those kind of intricacies to, again, a medical field version of singing to heal, which is really cool. Executioner Way of Life was super cool. I love the concept of, again, the ex- executioners to the people being sack-eyed and why they have to do that. Because literally, they're destroying their world, but people keep doing it, even though it's taboo. Um, and yeah, my number one, Equitting Heroing series, again, even though I didn't like the ending, blew me away with its take on the hero, which was really cool, so... Next one we have is original. Surprisingly, not as many originals as I thought that there was getting into this year. Uh, but we did have uh, shows like Orbital Children. We had Healer Girl. We had Licorice Coil. We had Engage Kiss, Prima Doll, um, Gundam Witch from Mercury, and Do It Yourself. I really struggle with putting Gundam Witch from Mercury in the list because technically it's based on the front Gundam franchise, but it is an original story. So it's not based on a source material. Um, similar to Prima Doll. They're going to make a visual novel out of it, but it's still technically an original when they made it. So um, I have uh, for originals, number five, Healer Girl, uh, number four, Orbital Children. Again, these are a lot of titles we've talked about to death, so we're not going to go through them again. Number three, Gundam Witch for Mercury. Number two, Do It Yourself. And number one, obviously, no surprise to anybody, Look at a Sequel. You didn't watch many originals this year. Yeah, I didn't really watch that many. Um, So I only really have two, um, and that's Licorice Recoil as number two, and number one is Healer Girl. And the worst anime of the year. We don't typically like doing worst because it's it's negative, and we don't like to be negative about things. But every now and then we have to vent, you know? Every now and then we have to... Once a year, at least, we do have to vent. (laughs) At least Chris apparently dodged so many worse shows that he doesn't have but one? Yep, I have one. So you loved Professed Pupils, Wise Man. And hey, it didn't bother me. <laughs> and he's uh, guy life. He loved it. He loved that negative mana bar. And Black Summoner with its cringe CGI. I hated Rent-A-Girlfriend, though. Yeah? I, Is that I your number it. one? I, I ha- I only? love all the girls. One I and hate only one, dude. I hate dude so much that it 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 ruined the entire show. I the 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 frustrating thing is, is he also that hates even, the warning guys from Arstatory. <laughs> the um yeah I do hate that um the but I, it's not enough to outweigh that. This is the this is to give a lot of credit. Okay, I. I can even even Arsenatoria with me not liking that aspect of it. It's not enough to ruin the show for me. This guy in this show ruined the entire show. I could not stand the show. I literally I mean, we've talked about characters who kind of uh, take away from the experience of the story. This one literally is ruining the show. And I. So much so that I watched, what, two episodes and I got more irritated at the guy and more that I just, I couldn't, I I shut it off literally because I did not want to just sit here and bash the show because I do know that some people like this show. But yeah, for what it is, for all the, uh, all the leeway that I give shows in a lot of cases, I literally cannot stand that guy and I, I hate the show because of him. Let me what leave show are we alone. talking about? <laughs> Rent a girlfriend. 
Um, again, if you like these shows, it's it's fine. This is not me saying you're terrible for liking them. It's just they're they're shows that just did not work and had major problems that made it just really enjoyable for me. Um, five, I have she professed herself pupil of the wise man. It's it's not just the fact that it's essentially in another world with my bladder and he has to pee every two seconds as a, a female character now because he's been changed into an, a female character. Uh, but more so I hate, like, they have the the overly thirsty lady that's always after him. And they have essentially nothing makes sense early on. And I don't know if it ever fixes because I, I dropped it midway through. Um, it's one of those ones where it's like it doesn't really quite clarify what the isekai is because some of them showed up there later than others. It doesn't really specify if it's transported. It does seem like they're trapped in the world. Um, did he just log out and log in later or did he get transported to it? None, none of the how they got there and when they got there and why are they there is really it's all left up in the air. And I, th- I almost feel like they they explained it in the first episode, but they lost the dialogue. So it was just like half the first, not half, but like a quarter of the first episode is just silence. But anyways, number four, I have strongest stage with the weakest crest. Me and Chris had a lot of fun making fun of that show because the king is an idiot. <laughs> and it's very just a power fantasy uh, reincarnated, which typically doesn't have yet to find a, a reincarnate in the same world to be good. Uh, three, smile and smile of the arse notoria. That show was boring. It was cute girls. They're definitely cute. The, the character designs are fantastic, but it was a boring show. And besides when they traveled to the town, um, all the shows were, or the episodes were super boring. And again, one of the reasons why many people, including myself, continue to watch it was because they had this whole warning, this looming threat that soft spoilers doesn't pay off. Number two, I got co- a couple of cuckoos, which I don't know how I stomached watching both cores of that. Um, like usual with these types of harem shows, they have some carrot on a stick that they want you to just wait. This is important. Um, to give an example, they have this moment where the girl says, I'm looking for something and I can't tell you because if you if you, if I told you, it would change your life. And she literally tells him later on. He just goes, okay, cool. Okay, cool. Uh, we, we, just, <laughs> we just dragged that out for no reason. Um, it was it was a pretty boring uh, show, too. The, the girls were cute. Uh, which, yeah, go, transitions really well into our my number one, which is, yes, Rent a Girlfriend, Girlfriend Season 2, which is... It's not even fun. Like, it's not... I, I hate people tra- labeling as trash fire because typically trash tra- trash fire is fun. This isn't fun. This is just obnoxious. Um, I hate that it's just playing into that these girls are just getting their heart broken, and I don't understand why they're so obsessed with him. And I just wish they would all leave this guy because he's literally the mangaka talking about how great his main girl is, and I I, I can't stand it anymore. I I'm, I've it's painful to listen to him constantly talk about his his favorite character. Anyways. Uh, disappointing is a little bit different case. Disappointing is a case where we um, came into it expecting one thing and did not get it. It didn't deliver on something that we wanted or it just failed or it fell apart or whatever. It's not necessarily that the show is terrible. It's just that typically it is. But it's just a show that had potential and failed to meet it. So, Which Chris seemed to be in already. Yeah. Um, for number five, I've got World's End Harem. Um, this is one of those that it it has this very interesting concept and it never really seemed at least for the first core um and it might change later on but as it stood right now um which is all we have to go on it doesn't seem to quite reach that part where it it feels like it's getting to a a true payoff and 
like I said, it may get to that later on, but as it stands right now, it doesn't really seem to get to that that full potential. Um, number four, I've got Rising of the Shield Hero. This is absolutely an aspect of um, trying to get from one place to another place where um, it you 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 absolutely can feel it. There was a, an entire section of the second second season that literally you know for a fact that in some ways it's important and, and so they feel like they have to get the uh, shoehorn it in but they want to get to something that they know is more interesting and will play out better and so this entire section of the storyline is absolutely ruined by the fact that there's no lo- not the same amount of love that that first season got um so yeah very disappointing um shikamori is not just a cutie this is I I know this is absolutely a personal thing. I built it into something that <laughs> Every, it, I wanted it to everybody be. Everybody did. That is not personal. It never it never ever ever got to that and I I didn't much care for the, what I was absolutely actually delivered on. Um Devil is a part-timer. This is a, another one of those that is the first season was so fantastically done. The second season did not live up to that in any way, shape, or form, and I'm highly frustrated with that. My number one is obviously going to be Ruby. Um, this was number one. I'm very frustrated with Shaft. This is I not their their um, not the quality that I'm used to from Shaft. I'm very very frustrated with it, and I I have said several times that I love Ruby. I do not like their CG. Um, didn't care for their their um, their voice acting, um, and to get like two or three things that I my biggest frustrations with Ruby um, literally fixed, and then to get this out of it was highly highly disappointing. So easily, it is my top most frustrated, most disappointed thing that I got out of this year. Oh, we stole my top one. Um, <laughs> for my most disappointing, for my most disappointing shows of 2022, um, I agree with him on Shikimori's Not Just Cutie. I felt like a lot of people felt that, and I think it's to do with like this fandom that came in and said we were hot off of Modern. Let's be perfectly honest, we were hot off of Dress Up Darling and Modern. And for some reason, there was a group of people that were going, "Oh, you think Modern's great? Well, just wait for Shikimori." And there was tons of memes that where they were showing. Um, people in this month modern and then people this month they forget about her and now it's Shikimori's not just cutie and it's like there was a hype around it and then it came around and it was like yeah I mean Shikimori's yeah she's really hot yeah she's got a cool side but the show itself was so boring and it was so repetitive it was like I hate this main character so much and I didn't feel like I was getting any substance, substance to it admittedly I didn't finish it and that was the main reason why I just got tired of it it was just boring so Definitely a disappointment. Uh, number four, I have a Sabakui Bisco. I love Sabakui Bisco. I think it's a really fascinating world. I really enjoy it. I love the art style. Um, it's just another unfortunate case of this studio just dropping the ball. Um, at some point, it just got to nothing but stills very quickly, which I'm fine with because early on, it felt like it wasn't really well animated, but they were pulling off perspective shots, style, detail, and really making the world a breathing world. But again, at some point, it got to the point where characters are fighting and you don't even see what's happening because the studio dropped the ball on it. So 
it's more of an animation, if anything. Um, but I really love the world. And it, that's why it's so disappointing. Number three I have is Orient. I... This is one of those ones where I was having high expectations because I've heard good things about Magi. And I figured, okay, Magi is really great. I love the style. Check it out. And it was just... It barely moved. <laughs> it barely moved. And it was kind of a boring world. Uh, two, I have Worlds in Harem, which I kind of agree with Chris. It's just there was this concept and there's cool things they can do with it. And it half of the show... Half of the show... There was a part that was good, which was really the building the school around the guy. Um, but everything outside of that was boring. Like the whole, I got to keep myself for this one girl aspect that got really tiresome after a while. And then he had this other aspect that when it started getting to the broader story, one, it was extremely predictable and two shrug, like it just turned into absolute shrug. And then, yeah, number one, Ruby shaft, um, really prolific people working on it, directors and writers and everybody. And it turned into one of the most repetitive Boring and yes, extremely underanimated series I've ever seen. They they pulled the the old uh, Cvid uh, <laughs> uh, excuse, but they've been working on this for a long time, and it's obvious by the fact that their their promo or whatever or whatever for it was extremely overly or was extremely well done. The first three episodes was their like early release of it, and it was extremely amazing. But their their original content with the dreams world and stuff was just so boring so yeah bad 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 uh the opposite to that biggest surprise shows of the season i uh i think we've pretty much covered most of these oh you you're missing one chris are you just running out of slots or stuff to put in i'm i'm considering so the concept of biggest surprise is the opposite disappointment you had very and this is the thing i have to struggle with myself is what were your expectation coming into it and how much did it surprise you? Because there's a lot of these in the list that turned out to be amazing, but we had an expectation of it being amazing. But when a case where you have no or less expectation and it surprises you is this particular list. So, And I think uh, Netflix nailed two just based on the fact that you expect everything Netflix is going to be garbage and they, yet they pulled off Cyberpunk and Romantic Killer. Um, which Romantic Killer is one of mine. Cyberpunk, I had a hope that it was going to be amazing based on the PV. Romantic C- Killer, I came into it expecting nothing and got so much out of it. So that's my, my number five. My number four, I'll give it to Liquid Sea Coil, which um, I had some. It's low on my list because I had some expectations based on the visual design. But while we had, it, it's kind of a similar case to um, Yuki as a Hero, where we came into it with like, the visuals were like cafe. All the PVs were life in cafe, and then literally suddenly out of nowhere we get a drop of a new key art, and they got they got weapons in their hands, and suddenly it's like, oh, what are we doing here? And it 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 blew me away, um, mainly because not only was it like, okay, it's going to be an action show, that's a surprise. No, how dang good the writing is. <laughs> um, that's what the surprise was, and how much I just clamored for every episode. Um, which is funny because when I think when it came into the season, I was more anticipating Engage Kiss was their other original. And Liquor Sequel stole my heart. Three, I have Call the Night. Um, another one where I was like, I did, I was interested in it because of the vampire aspect. Uh, vampire harem, basically. And what I got from it was so much more. It's so much more that. That's like do it yourself. I came into expecting cute girls doing cute do it yourself. And I got so much more. Two, Bibliophile Princess. I heard some chirping that the source material was really good. But I didn't realize how much I would fall in love with that story and how much that 
second episode blew me away. I could not stop talking about it. I was like, the first episode, yes. Woof. Like, <laughs> for a reason. It's for a reason. The first episode is just kind of, we're here. Um, it's all for a reason to the second episode, which just blew me away. And I, yes, it has some lulling points, but for overall, I really enjoyed it. And of course... Number one, by far, my biggest surprise of the entire 2022 year was Arknight's Prelude to Dawn. I said it, I've said this a million times on over my videos and stuff. Arknight's, I came to expecting Tower Defense mobile game is turned into an anime. They're probably going to have all the characters look all cute, come play the game, roll the gotcha. No, <laughs> the writers know what they're doing. Like these got they, they, they have some good writers. And this is apparently like the the tutorial of the game. Like this is the this is the weak storylines. And so as much as this blew me away, if this is their weakest writing, I want to see their good writing. <laughs> like give me more and they're giving us more and I cannot wait. I I've already I I came into it expecting cute girls poofy jackets, uh, cute anime girls poofy jackets. The story is good and the world building is good and it set up some stuff that I'm really interested in seeing how it goes. So um, for my number five, I've got Raven in the Inner Palace. Um, that one was, um, yeah, we were uh, interested in the um, artwork and and how pretty it looked and the the kind of concept of the um, basically the shut in uh, consort and the prince coming into all that. Um, what we came away with was this really um, deep kind of. Uh, digging into the mysteries of the world. So I think that, it, that they pulled that off fantastically. And I, I, I did really love what I seen of it. Um, my number two, number four is, uh, obviously licorice recoil. I was not expecting what I got out of that. The, the starting out with the, uh, the characters doing their, um, their, uh, gung fu battles and all that cra crazy stuff. And I, absolutely fell in love with it the character uh in-depth character uh digging which is not normally something that you get a lot of um with uh these action type shows um I, so i really love the character moments that they pulled off with that um cyberpunk i <laughs> i was hesitant to jump into that because i knew that it was going to be kind of a more darker action type show um, but I do know that I was very interested in the aesthetic. Um, and I, I, the fact that it was trigger, it was kind of one of those things that was pushing me to really want to jump into this. And then Andrew was like, give it a shot. When I finally did give it a shot, I was absolutely loved it. And I, the aesthetics uh, and being excited about those aesthetics did not hit me on the, uh, the writing, the character writing in the story is absolutely fantastic. And that is where I, I got most of my surprise. I fell in love with it. It's easily one of my favorites of the year. Like I said, um, then I've got birdie wing. <laughs> now this one is, I was expecting cute girls doing cute things. And I, I, I did like the idea of the, the, the kind of pairing between this kind of technique versus power, um, in, in golf. I, what I walked away with was, when they when they did started getting into these crazy uh stuff i and it i wasn't expect i i'm i'm used to the kind of um shonen pushing things over the over the top they, they just didn't even care they just threw it out the window and like yeah cyberborg arms 
Sure, why not? I mean, it fits in with the the dark underground uh, uh, golf tournament. So yeah, they just they they didn't even care. They they just went nuts with it, and I I love it, and, and that's why I consider it a surprise. Um, then then my biggest surprise of this the year obviously is going to be uh, Bibliophile Princess, and this one is kind of an uh, goes into the writing as well. Where I was kind of expecting, I didn't get uh, what Andrew was talking about with the um, the. Uh, uh, chirping of people saying, "Oh no, this is a great writing." I actually went into it more fresh. I was going off of the PV. I was kind of expecting more of a Atome type story where the the girl uh, has a bunch of pretty boys around her and she picks the prince, the prince obviously, or she dithers between all of them. For that's what I was expecting. What I got out of it was this fantastic. Um, uh, story of her and her finding her way in the inner court or the court of the um, the 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 prince's court, and I think that they did that fantastically. Um, her being the awkward kind of uh, biblio uh, bookworm and and being used to that, and then finding love through somebody who wants to give that to her but the the on the flip side of of that she has to accept the court life and i think that they did that fantastically all right it's time to throw on the boxing glove it is time for things to get really really serious this is where fur flies um we start to say things that will start to make people angry or will not will not say things that will make people angry so that's the other part of it Yes, best girl. Start off with best girl. Now, best girl is typically um, a character that is the struggle that we always have with best girl and best boy category is that it always kind of comes down to uh, characters that you want to put in the list because they're just wrote so well, like they have great stories, or it's characters that have are attractive, they're beautiful that you want to get in, uh, kind of include. I am realizing I'm missing a character in my list, so I have to change my list. <laughs> Um, did I even put it in the list? No, there it is. Okay. All right. All right. It's been fixed. I got to figure out who to get rid of. But yes, it, it, that's the struggle that we always have with best girl is that sometimes it can be, or best girl is that it can be either a character that's really well wrote or it's a waifu character. So yes, having a character like mine isn't me saying I, I want her as a waifu. It's just more of a, this character is fantastic and she's a female character. Um, there is characters that it's more waifu material like elf or something like that, or modern for a lot of people, including myself. Um, <laughs> but, um, dang, now that I realize that character, I don't know what I'm going to bump off for it. That sucks. I can't, I was happy. Like I had my list and I'm like, I'm good. And then I just, it, it just popped in my head. Like, no, you're forgetting this character. And I'm like, dang it. Uh, there's a lot of great characters this year, like Shamiko, um, Chris is probably going to jump on a Decimi, uh, <laughs> Roxanne. <laughs> I heard a lot of people excited about Pawu, and I'm like, I forgot about Pawu, but I guess, sure. Uh, we had Nezuko grown up, Nezuko grown up version, best girl in a box grown up. Um, obviously modern, um, certain character, my stepmom's daughter is my ex, which was really, which was really good. Um, pretty much every female character in Summertime Render, like especially, God, I don't have her on my list either. Uh, <laughs> Hizuru. There's so many good characters. Suweta, Mion, Nika, and Chuchu from Gundam. 
Amia and Neural from Arknights. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe I should just stick with what I had originally. I'm sorry, Eliana, uh, Eliana is going to have to go. I, I really want Eliana. Like, she's both beautiful and she's an incredible character. I also had to drop off Jusetsu, which was another hurt, too. But I think I'm going to stick with what I have, painfully. I have number five is Madden from My Dress Up Darling. She is an absolutely beautiful character. She's not just eye candy. She's got a personality. She's There's a lot of relatability with her. Um, she's a beautiful character, both inside and out. And I just I can't wait for season two. She's uh, she's Chef Kiss. Number four I have is Jean from the case study of Vitas. I cannot not have Jean on my list. And I really, she was probably one that was going to be possibly chop block and i don't want her to have on be on the chop block so i'm taking her uh we had in part two long hair jean and she was even more gorgeous but i just love her she's she's got a little bit sundere she's a little bit she flusters and i love seeing her flustered even though she's really powerful and she's really strong i love that for it i love her for that uh number three is elf from uh uncle from another world uh just again like modern like inside and out i love her personality i love her being embarrassed i love her she's beautiful uh, she's just a great Tsunade character. Uh, number two I have is Chisato from Licorice Coil. She is an amazing character. Like, I, she's, yes, OP, <laughs> but also she's just, she's very, uh, she's very attentive to people. She respects feeling. She helps people. She doesn't want to take lives, even though they're kind of pushed her into that. Um, she's just got a great personality. She's very bubbly. Her Seiyu nailed her character so well. Like, her Seiyu brought that character to life. And, um, yeah, she's just a fantastic character. And, yes, my number one is mine from Ascendance of Bookworm. Mine is a very complex character that I've loved her journey um, enough that it's like I'm not – with Ascendance of Bookworm, it's more so about mine than the world itself. Unlike something else like uh, Mushoko Tensei where it almost feels like the world takes precedence. Um, they, they both, uh, Mushoko and Ascendance of Bookworm do different things. And I think Ascendance of Bookworm, a lot of that draw is mine as a character. And I feel like, I feel like she's a very tragic character in the idea that she's constantly being struck down and going through terrible things, but she's always walking forward. And I, I like the fact that she gets selfish when she wants to be selfish. She gets, um, selfless whenever something comes up and that's what makes her a really fantastic character that I just want to see her journey. So... Are you done, Chris? No. <laughs> I gave you plenty of time to try to situate things, and you're still moving things around. Yeah. Just tell everybody your favorites from Roxanne, and we'll move on. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm going on, and my my list is absolutely all waifu, because I I I wanted to put mine in there. I wanted Seri in there, but they, they I just... I can't. This is this is absolutely a a, a waifu list. Um, uh, I've got Nazna from uh, Call in the Night. She's freaking gorgeous. Decimi is absolutely gorgeous and cute. Um, uh, Marin from My Dress Up Darling, absolutely gorgeous character. Um, and I very lovable. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, I I as much as I love Rebecca. Lucy is absolutely freaking gorgeous, and I still love her her character artwork, and she's fantastic. And then, of course, Roxanne from Heron in, in the Labyrinth. I, I hate that I had to drop off um, the other characters. I mean, even Eliana that uh, Andrew's got over on on his site. I mean, that that's another one of those characters. It's like 
when when you get to a certain point, you you absolutely fall in love with these characters. It's hard to just kind of box them up into these uh, this this list of five. So yeah, that's why we suffer. Yeah, exactly. that's why we haven't up the ten. No, yeah, you you it, it hits me hard seeing Nazana. I'm like, oh god, yeah, that's right, Nazana. <laughs> it's like you can't. This sucks. Everything sucks. Um, Ikaru from uh, Princess Connect. I love her to death. I just there's so many so many fantastic girls this year so even like some off the wall things like Holt from uh dawn of the witch it's just there's kate barbara the the past barbara like or barbie specifically barbie oh my gosh dude anyways it's, it's done we're moving on <laughs> even like anzu from romantic killer moving on uh best boy um quite a shorter list but another one that i I, I didn't struggle with the first four. The the fifth was a little bit difficult. But, um, yeah, for my best boy of 2022, um, as I put it together while Chris was doing his, Ferdinand from Ascendance of Bookworm. I, I love Ferdinand's character um, for that series because he does so well to play off of mine. He is, um, spoilers for, like, uh, somewhere in, I think, late first season, at some point, he becomes, like, her only out. Like, she's – he's her only outlet is a better way to put it. Her only outlet to really kind of get what's on her chest really out because, again, she's from another world. And I, I think the dynamics between the two of them is great because he's almost like a parental figure to her, um, but not really. His, he's, he's the one that's keeping her in check and keeping her informed and keeping her in, in line. But the thing I love so much, and it was especially apparent – um, I think in the second season as well, but in the third season as well, is this idea that he is willing to do the hard thing. Like he he sees that there is something coming up and something is going to go downhill. He says it like specifically, I think, in th- the third season of if you are if I see any sign that you're going to fall into the wrong hands, I'm he he will have to end her himself. Like he is willing to say. It is detrimental to everybody if you get into the wrong hands. And the willingness of him to say that, even though you know that he does care for her, it just, it was, it's like a dynamic that really does get to me. And I would, I can't wait to read that series. <laughs> I can't wait to read it because it's probably so much better. Uh, anyways, uh, number four, I have Kong Ming from uh, Yeah Boy Kong Ming. He was, he was a treasure. I know a lot of, I don't think it, he hit as well with a lot of people as he did me. I thought he was just going to be a dumb, uh, almost like, that dad that comes into the party and acts stupid. But then when I watched the show, I freaking fell in love with his character and his struggles of the fact that he's left his, his commander and everybody behind. Um, and his perspective, he brings to the world is great. Um, number three, I have, I uh, have, uh, I struggled. I think I'm gonna go with Vanitas from, uh, the, the, the case study Vanitas. He's just a kind of a very, a very complicated character. And I think this season, uh, this part two more than ever was really divi- uh, diving into him as a character and he's, he's got a lot of complexities to him that makes him interesting. And he, yes, he does technically remind me a lot of Yato from Noragami. So <laughs> that, got that too. Uh, number two, I have is Regan from Mob Psycho 100. Look, I put something Mob Psycho on one of my lists. Now that you all can stop hating me. Regan's fantastic. He's a, he's a con artist, um, really conning uh, the most trusting kid ever. But then slowly over time, you realize that he's had his own issues in the past and as well um, is pretty much a father figure to mob which i think is just precious i i think reagan's amazing i love his character he's a dork 
I love him running into situations with spray bottles and doing dumb call-outs of attacks. And then, yes, my number one, obviously, Boji. Boji, it must be protected. Boji must be supported. Boji, we will follow you to the ends of the world to conquer everything. Boji, you're amazing. Yes, regular kings, by the way. You? I've got Ayumu. I, I, cutest, or best boy is a little bit more difficult for me. So Ayumu uh, uh, is, uh, when will Ayumu make his move? David uh, from uh, Cyberpunk Edgerunners. Um, I think that he had some very interesting character arcs over the course of the show. So um, Kong Ming, uh, just, just uh, like Andrew, Andrew kind of mentioned it, and I, I, I kind of uh, take a different way. I, I like the the wise sage uh, kind of aspect of Kong Ming, and I think that he does um, does really well. I, the downside is is even though he is doing a lot of the the interesting um, kind of using his tactics in in different situations, I do kind of like it. But at the same time, it's also kind of a detriment to the show, which is one of the uh, more frustrating things that I I had with it. But Kung Ming is a great character. I I love his kind of more goofy mentality, almost this uh, almost in the same area as the. Um, with the wise sage comes the aspect of not really, uh, understanding which, which things are cool and which things are not, but he still pulls it off in a lot of cases. And you're still like, you know what you do you and it, it works for you. Um, so then I've got number two, I've got senpai from Zaki Chan. Um, cool guy. Um, I do, uh, goes into the same aspect of the um just enjoyable uh kind of you're 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 so cute i i i wish you'd just let let down that guard just a little bit and you might find out you actually have something going um and then like andrew had mentioned boji is just boji and it's a fantastic show and i i will support boji all the way and as he becomes a king so yeah all, all, all there. Cutest character. So this is what this is where we put the. Um, we don't want anybody to think that any way, shape, or form we think that they're waifu material. <laughs> this is the safe zone. These are the smiles that must be protected. These are the dotaroos, uh, essentially, um, which is a little bit more difficult than I thought it would be. I, I, I got my list done, and then I realized that I didn't have, um, I didn't have Anya in the list, and I was like, damn it. Um, that sucks because Anya is absolutely precious and must be in the list. So yeah, there's a lot of really good ones. We have like Takagi-san from TZ Master Takagi-san. We have like Ekebi from Ekebi Sailor Uniform. Hiori, like all the girls from Slow Loop are just precious. Anya from Spike's Family. Becky from Spike's Family. Uh, Itsuka from Dayamon. Um, we had quite a few Dotaru characters like Yaika from Yakuza's Guide to Babysitting. All the girls from In Heart is Konichi Spaki are adorable. We have like Rico and Nanashi and Fapta from Made in the Abyss, uh, Ichigo from to- Tokyo Mew Mew, Fran from Mirror Carnage of Sword, Jabko, uh, all the girls from Do It Yourself are great as well. Bochi, Nijika, Kita from Bo- uh, Bochi the Rock, and quite a few characters from Inger- Encouragement and Climb. So, but I came down to five as Jabko. I love Jabko from Do It Yourself. She's amazing. Um, her doofy uh, fake 
English is is great. <laughs> uh, Anya from Spike's family is precious. Daughter must be always protected. The the Anya faces are great. She's a dork. She's clever. At the same time, she's still kind of immature. Yaika from uh, Yakuza's Guide to Babysitting. Actually, I probably have Anya above Yaika, but Yaika is amazing too. Uh, my number two, I got Akebi Sailor Uniform. Akebi, she is precious. I rooted for her every single week. She's again like a daughter where you're just kind of cheering on to f- meet friends and be happy. Um, her crying later on was like, oh, it hurt so bad. And yes, number one is a recent heart still, which is Fron from Reincarnate as a Sword. Fron is beautiful. She is adorable. She must be protected. She must always be happy. She must never be harmed and um, supported. So, yeah. Um, the the main takeaway is that Andrew would be a better sword than... Yes. <laughs> I, I protect her. I wouldn't let... Um, I wouldn't what I wouldn't allow the joke to be now present for the series of giving her a hand. All right. So, <laughs> um, I've got as number five. I've got Bochi. Um, Bochi is absolutely adorable. Um, and I, it, it, she's one of those characters that you truly want to see get past past her uh, introversion and and actually complete uh, her her goal of becoming a part of her uh band so yeah i absolutely love bochi and i i I wish all the best for her subaki absolutely adorable and almost the entire list of um the the uh subaki clan and all that those girls i absolutely love them and i i i just want to see them all do well um, Takagi-san, a- another one. I absolutely adore their puppy love, and I, I, I just I want to see those two get together so bad. Um, Fran, like Andrew had mentioned, uh, Fran is an absolutely adorable character, and I just love her penchant for curry, um, just pretty much any food, honestly. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I love that show, and I love love her. Um, and then. Obviously, my my top is going to be Yaika from Yakuza's Guide to Babysitting. Yaika. I absolutely adore um, those characters, Kirishima? and I especially uh, Kirishima. <laughs> Kirishima. Um, absolutely, you cannot love, know what his name is. <laughs> absolutely love Yaika, and uh, she her her growth as a character over the course of that show is absolutely phenomenal. Isn't so, it yeah. funny when? It isn't funny whenever you have certain characters, that, the male characters that you can't not know their names. Like typically, like most shows, it's like, yeah, technically the female characters are the star. That's who they're focusing on. Then you have these ones where you just can't not help not know what the main character's name is because they keep saying it like Nishikata <laughs> or Ayana Koji. Ayana Koji. <laughs> well, that, and that one's that one's funny because it's the the character that I least like in that show right. saying it that that Ayana Koji could. <laughs> So um, the next one, we we sometimes skip this one, but um, there's some fun ones in here. So this is more of a fun one to do, which is the OP characters of the year. I won't say specifics on certain characters, and I won't say which ones I'm not being specific on because of spoilers. But um, mine, I think, is really fantastic because she they've never technically relied on her being OP, but they've rather made it a significant story beat. That's the cool thing. Mine is not an OP character. In fact, she's very um, prone to death. But yet they somehow managed to tie in her quote-unquote OP-ness 
in a way that uh, makes sense to a broader story, which I think is fantastic. Typically, it's either a person doesn't want attention, even though they're OP, or there's OP, and for some reason, nobody is bothered by that. Uh, but yeah, four I have is Fraun, which, yes, she's technically not OP, it's the sword, but let's be tr- let's be real, because she's so cute, she gains the sword, and the sword makes her OP. So, come on. And, no, and nobody goes to another world and is OP themselves. They gain OP powers. She did the same thing. Uh, <laughs> just an excuse to put her on my list. Kind of from the Land of the Dell was kind of funny in how the OP she was. They, they did a pretty good job of kind of making it comedic. Uh, obviously, Chisato from Liquidity Coil because she can dodge bullets. And she's amazing. Um, and then my first one I have is Makima. And that's all I want to say. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing with Chisato. The girl can dodge bullets. I mean, what? A, and she's in in fighting freaking bullets. So yeah, um, I I I agree on mine. I I do love the the fact that they've incorporated her openness with with the fact that it's got a major hiccup. And so I I I absolutely love that. And so yeah, I've got her as my number five. Um, and Fran, I, when I seen her down there, I was like, no, I don't know that I, I almost put her, I almost completely skipped her, but you know, her being so freaking cute, it's hard not to say that her OPness is her cuteness. Um, I've got Sarasa as, that's almost comically OP how she is. So, um, and then Chisato, she dodges bullets for freaking sake. Um, and then, of course, Leo. If, I'm not going to get into his opiness, but yeah, he's uh, his opiness is practically. Uh, I mean, he's the hero, so you can take that for what it is. But yeah, he's freaking op. All right, best villain. I'm kind of happy because there's quite a few villains in this year that I do want to say is incredible. Um, I don't think any of these are technically considered spoilers, but soft spoilers for people. So they're aware sometimes mentioning a name sometimes can spoil to some people that, oh, that's I didn't know that was supposed to be a villain. I think all mine are pretty much, you know, when you when you find out about them, you know, they're a villain. (laughs) So especially my number five, which is the warning sign for Smile of the Arch Notoria, because it made me waste 300 minutes of my life watching that show just to look for where the warning did. Um Jokes aside, number four I have is Heine from Summertime Render. I think she's an interesting character. And again, I won't get exact reasons why because of spoiler reasons. But I like that it wasn't as simple as this is just a diabolical evil bad guy character. There's a little bit of manipulation that happens there. Um, but I did really appreciate her, especially when she was possessing like the uh, what was her name? Sayo, um, the Ryukajimia character. Uh, just seeing that evil little this little girl with pigtails uh, sitting on the shelter of some crazy looking shadow beast and just rubbing the top of his head and grinning. It was like, gosh, I think whenever she was in possession of that kid's body, it was like so good and so twisted. I really loved her character. Um, my number three, I have is pandemonium from executioner way of life. She was just, I, there's a, there was a part of me that didn't like her character because she's literally, I just want to see, um, horrible things which is technically what the the purpose of her and her power but she was just kind of unsettling in a lot of ways and yet at the same time this cute little lolly looking character um and they pulled off the cute little insane lolly looking character thing 
and technically a lot of her backstory was cool too. Um, number two is Chloe. I won't get into details of that one, but really, really fantastic character. Um, and then my number one, easily, by far, without a doubt, my favorite villain character this year was Oaken from Rankin and Kings. I can't. There is there is something to be said when you see a character that seems so incredibly disgusting and and murderous and dangerous, and then the moment that you get to the end of the story, you're going. I want this character to have redemption. <laughs> like you're begging for a redemption arc. Like you're going, I understand this character and it's tragic as hell. And I want this character to have a happy, fulfilled life. And you don't think they're going to have it. Um, it was so good. I, 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 I need more. I, I almost, it's one of those stories where I almost wanted to get into the source materials because I wanted to know what happens with that character. <laughs> well, and we, 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 we've talked about that before with the, that show. Uh, they, I mean, with um with the the queen i mean her her redemption was absolutely phenomenal we, we going from a character that you absolutely despise and incorporating the story in such a way that you turn around and you go healing that that was her name um, yeah, but I almost felt like they quickly got in the healing. Like they they kind of showed you right. really quickly. Uh, oh, but but that that goes to the trust of the writer. I yeah. he he's such a fantastic. That's that's what I mean with Oaken is for a character that you know is when they start digging into that character, you know that at some point you will understand that character and their decisions will make sense. And proof is healing that how much we did not like her at first and for them to completely flip her the entire script on its head and turn around and go no i love that character i i i mean and and that i mean when we were getting into the that last year when we were talking about healing is the best girl period she is just that freaking great of a character i love her and i know that oaken is very similar yeah, I probably should have had healing in my my best girl. <laughs> I just thought about that. Yeah, um, she she is just such a fantastic character, and Oaken is very much in the same uh, same car- set of. I don't even care. I know that he's a f- fantastic character and a very well written villain. Where I almost guarantee you, he's probably not a villain at the end of whatever arc is going to come up at some point, where we're going to turn around and go. No, he's a freaking great character. He's just a very written, well written character, and I, I, I absolutely love it. I'm, I'm not even gonna try because most of these characters, I, I think they're fine as far as far as uh, villain characters. Um, I, but when it comes down to it, they're just uh, in 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 cases of uh, uh, moments, uh, they they're on one side or the other they they just become the antagonist for certain reasons um and i i'm not real sure i mean heine i i kind of agree i think that as an antagonist for a certain point she is a good antagonist but i don't i don't agree on the villain part i hate edward um <laughs> i don't think he's well written as it stands right now so um i i i kind of disagree but yeah i mean that's the whole aspect that 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 house is about step on everybody to get to the end yeah at some point he'll probably be a well-written uh but as it stands right now he's just there's not much to him he i just don't like him um barbara i think was well written 
Um, so you could make the case for her being a Broke good a tragedy. Yeah. that you can't see the warning. Obviously, that was Andrew's joke. Um, <laughs> Fopta, I Fopta as a villain. She's an antagonist at one point. I wouldn't consider her a villain. I mean, uh, it's, it's a consequence. It's, it's villain antagonist. It doesn't. Don't well, get stuck no, on the title I'm, top. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of giving you credit, and at the same time, I'm, 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 I'm explaining why I don't have him in my list. I, I uh, Fopta, I don't, I don't. Her as an antagonist is good for that moment, but it's, it's a consequence of the writing. It, there's an important reason why she's doing what she's doing. Right. If, if you don't, but I think if you don't have a character who doesn't have a reason for what they're doing and has purpose i don't think it's a good villain or antagonist right if, and, if they're if they're simply cackling bad guys to be the sake of being through and through a villain it's not a good rote character so no, every single one of these is the main reason why they're so good is because there's a reason and and and, uh, and that's what i'm, I'm giving and you they credit can get re- redemption i'm i'm giving you credit for what you're saying i i understand why you have them in the villain list um but the, the on the at on the same token they to me they're not the villain because of the fact that they are there there's very important reasons why they're doing what they're doing pandemonium yeah um that <laughs> you're getting really stuck on that name so i decided to change the best antagonist i don't and, and again I no antagonist is a good word i know i bad guy best bad guy best bad guy <laughs> best best they're not bad guys evil or they they did something wrong um no, I, I, I'm giving you credit for what you're saying, and I, and I agree with these characters as what they're doing. Yeah, I'm not going to put something in my li- in that list that's going to be just simply they're they're evil, a cackling bad guy. I'm going to throw out real quickly. <laughs> um, no, and they, and they, but these are they, what was they, that here recently? Uh, oh yeah, Shield Hero with the book Hero. No, <laughs> terrible wrote character, cackling bad guys. I hate them. Even Beetlejuice and Licorice Coil, he was all right. He just wanted balance. Ah, eh, whatever. Not terrible. The 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 um the bad evil demon guy that chopped off somebody's hands. Spoiler. <laughs> don't like that guy. Cute character got her hands chopped off. I don't like that show no more. That's the worst villain in this entire year. Or the sister from Engage Kiss. Oh. <gasps> See even Pope guy, I I I, I didn't like him. I, not necessarily a freaking <laughs> dumb guy. Pope guy. Get the name right. Yeah, I put he's, dumb he's Pope just guy. Just a freaking idiot. I put the dumb Pope. No, he's 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 a noble that wants power. That's yeah. literally what it is. He's power hungry. And he's an idiot. <laughs> That's not to make you idiot. That just makes you power hungry. He's just an idiot. He did make a really stupid decision though. He screwed with the wrong people. I guess is a good way to put that. He's an idiot. He messed with Ferdinand. You don't mess with Ferdinand. Cause then you're gonna get the Thought stick. Get away with it. And get the stick. All right. So you're not gonna make a list, or are you? With well, it, I mean, the, I mean, what? I mean, we could we could just move on. It's fine. You don't have to make a list. Yes, I do. Apparently, you've left them before. Just say Oaken's number one, and we're good. Yeah, I did say Oaken was number one. Good, we got it. Like Pandemonium too. Cute, crazy lolly. No, I didn't much care for her either. You said you like Barbara as a quote-unquote villain, which is good. All right, number five is Fapta. Um, number four is Heine uh, from Summertime Rendering. Uh, number three is uh, Daki and Gutaro from uh, Demon Slayer. Number 
two is Barbara from Shadow House. Barbara. And number two is, or number one is Oaken from Ranking of Kings. Barbara. I don't know why I, I, I can't not unhear Barbara from Barbara. Genshin Impact. Barbara Ikkyo. Uh, that's that's it for all the categories. We are now down to the last four categ- or five categories that everybody's been waiting for and probably skipped to, which you don't is want to do a couple. Never mind. There is one more important category before we get into the seasonals, which is best couple. I guess we can do best couple. I put it on my list. I might as well do it. <laughs> uh, but yes, the the pairings that are the best, the best, the best uh, of the year, which um, I think I think I'm pretty solid with my list. I kind of want to play into the whole uh, Yuri bait stuff just for the hell of it. I think I'm going to. I think I'm actually going to. I don't know. No, I'm going to stick with my list. I, I think these are legit couples. Um, I could play into the whole uh, Chisato Takano thing, Takano thing, which I think is adorable, um, which I don't think they actually went into because I think they're friends. But like legit relationships that you, you know that there's something going to happen, if not already. And I'm not going to say which ones. But I have number five is Ashito and Hana from Aoashi. Even though I really love the other girl. I forget what her name is off the top of my head. Um, she can dribble a, ba- a soccer ball, which I think is amazing. Ashito and Hana has been kind of this ongoing um, thing. Because I love that Hana is literally his first fan. And the way that she supports him is really incredible. I think she's got a lot of heart. Um, I love everything that she does with, for him. And I think he's slowly kind of realizing that. I need more another season. So, yeah. Number four I have is Ko and Nazana. I, I think they're great. Nazana, they're both technically learning what love is. Um, Nazana is learning what fun is, essentially, or gaining purpose, finally. So they both kind of give something to each other. And I, they're just a lot of fun together. Number three I have is Gojo and Modern, obviously. Modern best girl and... Uh, Gojo is a fantastic male lead, and I'm really excited to see them come together because they deserve each other. <laughs> uh, number two is Tizimas Takagi-san. I have Takagi and Nishikata because they just need to get together already. Just do it already. And then number one I have is Eliana and Christopher from Bibliophile Princess, which I've mentioned earlier with the romance. It's a really re- well-wrote romance between the two of them, even though one doesn't see what the other one sees. Um, they both come together really beautifully, so... Did you make it? He's still fighting. I got one more. Just say Decimi and I'm good. You just say, I got Decimi. I already got Decimi. Decimi and Fudo, I'm good. I already I got it. I don't care about anybody else. <laughs> Everybody else does not matter. Uh, you are missing Gojo and Madden, so if that helps you out. Gojo and Mara? Yeah, you're missing Gojo Where and Where are Madden. they? Oh, there they are. I hadn't got that far. Just, I'm, I'll just helping you out. I know. You're, you're kind of missing something there. Not that you have to choose them. No, I, I absolutely love them. <laughs> I'm going for the ones that I I absolutely love. I, yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, that's that's what the list is for. I ship the heck out of these characters. So. <laughs> and yes, I am fine with the Yuri bait on on uh, Licorice Recoil, but. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Um, think, I don't think anybody's against it. If they are, they're a heartless bastard. Uh, number five, I've got Gojo and Mar- Marin, uh, my dress-up darling. I absolutely love love the this this couple, and absolutely want to see them become a thing. Um, number uh, number four, I've got uh, Kaguya-sama and, and Shirogane, Shirogane um, from uh, Kaguya-sama. Obviously, I absolutely love that couple. I'm 
there's a couple of couples in that, that couple show couples. that I really, really want to see get get going. Next, uh, number three, I've got Eliana and Christopher from Bibliophile Princess. Absolutely love them together and can't wait to see a finalization of their 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 relationship. And of course, like Andrew said, I absolutely love Des- Desimi and I want to see her and and Fudo um, get the knock. <laughs> Not a fake uh, uh, wedding as as the show had an actual wedding. I want to see those two and their and their kids and everything like that. Those two are adorable. And then number one, I've got uh, Aharon uh, and uh, Raido San. Raido. Um, yeah, love those two together, and I can't wait to see um, more of that 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 pairing. Yes, for sure. Raido Kun. Kun. Raido. Um, okay, now, now, is it okay now? Sure. Did I miss anything else? Now we can get into the seasonals? Sure. Um, we might have missed, um, a, uh, category back there somewhere. Where? You've already got, like, all your lists filled out. What the heck? Yeah, I kind of cheated because I've been doing this all year. <laughs> Every season I have to do a list, so I kind of cheat. I did kind of contemplate some of these because I think over time you kind of realize, you know, maybe I was a little bit too hyped up on that. Some kind of, some stick with you more than others. Uh, there's a bit of, there's a bit of aspect of forgettability when after a few months you're like, you know, look, I guess it wasn't that great because I don't really, it does nothing's, no impact has been left. But um, I think for the most part, as I've won, gone along, I think I've kind of secured most of my list. Now, granted, Typically with my seasonals, sometimes I do like tens, um, years I'll do a 10. So it's a little more difficult when we get into our deliberations because we're forcing ourselves to do five for some weird reason. We're doing 10 for the best anime of the year. We're just doing 10 for the anime of the year. <laughs> but no, um, for my winter, winter was a pretty dang strong season. I think there was a couple that I had to drop off my list, like... Um, I know I had to drop off Princess Connect Redive, even though that was an incredible season. Um, I think even no, I got that included. I, I guess that was the only one that I did. and I and I basically said that I wasn't going to put Mushoku Tensei Jobless Incarnation at a Goblin Slayer because it's only one episode, which it would totally be in there. And I also had to drop off Orbital Children, which I really enjoyed as well. So at least four things that I kind of had to either give myself an excuse for or to drop off because they couldn't fit. So. Easily, I could have gone probably 10. So that tells you what a great season winter was. But yes, I have number five is Slow Loop. Um, again, we're not going to repeat everything that was incredible at these shows, but just love it to death. Please go watch it. Um, number four, the case study, Vanitas Part 2. Number three, I have My Dress Up Darling. Number two, Ekaba. I swear. I swear. <laughs> Why am I so stuck on Akiba? Akebi's Sailor Uniform. Um, number one, Ranking of Kings, easily my number one favorite of winter. But yes, nine really, at least nine, at least nine really fantastic titles for this season of winter. So really good season overall. So, All right. For number five, I've got um, Genius Princess um, Guide to Raising a Nation Out of Debt. I uh, Like Andrew said, we're, we don't have to go through all this. Um, <laughs> we're going to mention it every time, too. Teasing Master Takagi-san is my number four. Um, number three, I've got uh, My Dress Up Darling. And number two, I've got uh, Akabi's Sailor Uniform. And number one, easily, is Ranking of Kings. Easily. Easily. Uh, spring, 
I, I think spring was a little easier for me to do. I think I did have to drop off a few, like um, I'm quitting heroing. Um, a lot of the rom-coms that I really liked that I just sometimes I can't really push into my list was in there as well. Why is... Oh, okay. Um, yeah, like Kaguya Summon, Love is War, uh, Ahead and San. It was a really good season for rom-coms. And I think even um, wasn't... What was the other one that was in that season that was rom-com? But uh, really good, solid slice of life's like um, in comedies like Your Boy Coming, The Demon Girl Next Door, Diamon, Dance Dance Dancers. Heroines run the show. I forgot to mention that as being one of my biggest surprises of the year. Um, I wasn't really expecting anything out of that show, and I really enjoyed it. But um, this is a solid, really solid season overall, for sure. But uh, yeah, it came down to, for me, number five, Spike's Family. I know that's going to make a lot of people freak out. Um, I think Spike's Family is one of those ones that over time it's kind of lost its flavor for me. And it's hard to disconnect the first part from the second part. It started out really strong, though. But um, number four, your boy Kong Ming, which I, again, absolutely incredible show. It did have a lulling point towards the later part with the whole finding yourself aspect. But I think overall, again, artistically, it was a beautiful show. Number three, Kage Summer Love is War. Don't have to say anything. Number two, <laughs> The Executioner Way of Life. And number one, of course, Ascendance of Bookworm season three. So, yeah. How many times is Ascendance of Bookworm in one of Andrew's lists? People are going to get sick of me talking about that show. Of course, we did kind of did that last year with Michelle Kutz and St. John's Reincarnation. So, um, was Ascendance of Bookworm season two last year? No, it wasn't. No. That, that would have been a fun competition between the two of them. Maybe it was. I don't remember. Because dang sure it would have been in our list. Nope. There's no Ascendance of Bookworm. Because that would have been bloody. That was a, that would have been super bloody. Yeah, because um, they're both su- such well written. For their like, I, I was mentioning that earlier. They're for their own reasons. Mm-hmm. One is very world building, and one is very direct character. Um, I mean, they both kind of switch back and forth. Because yes, you're going to have with Mashoko Tensei is going to be about his his advancements and going from being a neat to being somebody that cares about other people to mine, who is it's very character focused for her as she develops her new life there. But um, they both do they both do world so well and characters so well. Which, that's what makes them two of the greatest isekais <laughs> out there, in my opinion. So so what do you think? And are you, are you still struggling? Yeah. I see Chris has one, two, three, four. He has five. He had six, but he, he just killed one. Just He just straight got rid of it. Said, nope. Summer is... Summer's where the pain comes in. Just giving you a pre-warning, Chris, but I'm not sure. This one's already a pain in the butt, so. That's true. But you, you got a little more Doki Dokis for shows that I wasn't Doki Doki for. That's cool, though. I, Chris is, I spoilers for people. Chris's spring list so far is way different than mine, which is a cool thing. It's always cool when him and me have, like, completely different lists. All right. My, uh, well, other than a sinister bookworm. <laughs> right. Um, my number five is Healer Girl. I absolutely love that one. Um, Spoilers. He's got to send us a bookworm in his list, so let's all wait <laughs> to find out when it's going to pop up. Um, number four is Aharon and uh, uh, Wahakaran and I. Uh, it's indecipherable. Indecipherable. <laughs> um, I don't know why you put it, putting it down here. As, I think I, because I, the, uh, Crunchyroll did not translate it. So I um, kept it the Crunchyroll name. Number three, I've got uh, Misachiku and uh, the little baby ghost. Absolutely adored. 
Um, Day I'm on, uh, that, uh, absolutely love that one. And, um, of course, number one is obviously Tomodachi game. Yeah. Tomodachi (laughs) game because (laughs) reasons I love the Bob the Builder thing. I was just trying to (laughs) (laughs) Bob the Builder game. What? Yeah, that happened. Chucky slash Bob the Builder. Get it right. Chucky and Bob the Builder had a baby. All right. Let's go on a summer where things honestly get very difficult. And I I think I'm going to stick with what I've already kind of put together. But I do want to mention several shows that I had to cut from my list originally for for summer, which include, yes, Summertime Render. Or not Summertime Render, um, which include Awashi. Spoilers, anyway. (laughs) I had to cut Awashi. Um, which r- really was extremely painful to do. Um, I get, it was also, what was the other one that we had to drop? I even was make his move would be really fantastic. Having a list too. I really enjoyed that series. It wasn't incredible, but I really enjoyed it. I think that was the only one that I had to cut. Yeah. I think that was the only one that I had to cut was Awashi was really the biggest painful one. Um, because I really did enjoy that series and I think it ended on a, gosh, I need more note, <laughs> but, uh, other than that, Yes. Number five, and I swear, this is one of those lists where I'm like, just put it in a randomizer. If you guys want to take it, no, I had to cut one more. There's there's six there. I have to cut two? Oh, no. I just realized I had six, Chris. Oh, man. Who's getting cut? I think this is one of those seasons where I did a, here's my five plus one. <laughs> like, I just cheated and said, look, I'm doing six. I don't care. I don't, I don't, I can't figure out what I want to drop. Like my first, my first, few, I think it's going to come down to what I've done before. I'm doing it. That's that's what I'm doing before. I, this will be another case of, I'm going to go for what I love, not necessarily what I think is perfection. Yeah. I don't even, I don't even remember what I actually came up with, with my summer video. So I'm going to just do this. Um, I'm cutting cyberpunk edge runners. I know it sucks. I think it's an incredible show. It's not a favorite. <laughs> Actually, no, I'm going to cut Call of Night. <laughs> no, I'm going to. Okay. That, I'm that gonna, I know you're no, just lying. I'm, there. No, I can't. I'm, I'm sticking <laughs> with it. I'm cutting, I'm, cutting, I'm cutting Cyberpunk Edge Runners. I think it's an incredible show. Like I said before, it's a perfect show, but not a favorite show. Five Made in Abyss, second season. Absolutely love that world. Love the show. Still love it to death. Always love it. Four, Call of Night style visuals audio everything love it love the writing start characters everything three shadow house second season two summertime render and one liquidity coil to surprise to nobody just an absolutely incredible season summer was super good and fall is super good too so it's gonna suck too did you somehow put together a list chris are you are you in pain yes i am very much in pain. <laughs> very much so in pain and I didn't even get a chance to watch the Dr. Stone OVA, and that was another one that was in summer, which I'm sure is really incredible. And I didn't put Gundam Witch for Mercury Prologue, which was technically summer as well, which, again, goes in that whole kind of Edis the Goblin Slayer thing. But, yeah. Pain. Absolutely. I mean, pain. I guess I'm all right. I, there's only one that I'd like to put on my list, but I can't. What, Made in Abyss? Pretty much. Oh. Or was it something else, and you're like... Damn it, that's true. <laughs> no, that one too. I forgot. Oh no, it, my my show's on that particular list as well. But 
Mm. Made in the Abyss was the one that I was talking about. Because that's I, what I, I was fighting with with, with this Cyberpunk. Is, this is the thing. Um, I, I'm my order's out. I, that's for fact. Um, <laughs> I was wondering, like, damn, you love Cyberpunk. I oh no, I, I, no I, one, do. I guess yeah. I spoilers again. Sorry, I I love spoiling Chris's list. Of course, he does it most of the time. I just do it every now and then. All right. Um, Yakuza's Guide to Babysitting. I I I do. I I think that that show has some fantastic character moments, and for all of my fighting, I I do think it deserves a spot on the on on the top on my top list. Um, Licorice Recoil, um, absolutely fantastic. Love the character moments, everything like that. Shadow House, of course, because it's Shadow House. Um, they do some fantastic character writing and some very good mystery, and they they play that those those cards very well. Um, Call of the Night, uh, absolutely stunning visually, um, and has some really great character moments and uh, exploring of emotions and and what what kinds of things um all that and then of course i absolutely i'm not joking when i say i absolutely love cyberpunk i think it is an absolutely visually stunning uh oozes uh uh character uh and style and all that i love that show i th- i think it's a fantastic show too soon is it just never mind fall is extremely painful too. Uh, I, I think my biggest upsets for having to cut was probably Romantic Killer. Um, what else did I have to cut? Raven the Inner Palace, uh, Bibliophile Princess. I was that was that was a really really strong season, and Aim of Love se- uh, season two was or part two was really strong or hard to get rid of as well. Reincarnate as a sword, I couldn't put in my list. Just um, a lot of good contenders. Um, I'm not upset that Uzaki-chan wants to hang out. Season 2 wasn't in my list. But no, <laughs> I came out with number 5 as... Should I do it? Should I... Should I... Should I bump it? I'm doing it. I'm doing it this time. I didn't do it last time. I'm going to do it this time. I'm going to give a surprise to everybody that watched my video. I'm doing it this time. Number 5 is Immoral Guild. Great, hilarious, etchy comedy. Number four, Arch Knight's Prelude to Dawn. Like I said before, extremely surprising show for me. I loved it to death. Really enjoyed it. Directing was phenomenal. Number three, Uncle from Another World. Hilarious show. Gut laughs through and through. Um, number two, Bochi the Rock. And number one, Do It Yourself. Which I think is an absolutely incredible slice of life with great characters. Yes, that means I dropped... Chainsaw Man for Immoral Guild. Everybody said I should have done that with my video, and now I'm going to do it here. Even though I think Chainsaw Man had some really incredible moments, it's not a bad show. It's a it's a really fantastic show. It's mainly... Chainsaw Man is one of those ones that the longer I get away from the ending of Chainsaw Man, the more I think... I, the more I remember, or more I realize that the only thing that I was really hyped on and the thing that sticks in my head was Makima. Like it's it's literally the Makima moments, so which is not a bad thing. It's a really cool character that I want to know more about. So like that's super intriguing part of that show. And I love the, I love the, the the devil mechanics, the whole idea of the devils and them getting stronger and stuff. So don't get me wrong. I just but 
Toxico show up on five. How's Chris doing? Do you have a pulse still? Oh, Eminence and Shadow goes into winter, so it's a non-qualified. I gotcha. Jeez, Chris, trying to break the rules out of nowhere. He has doubts in my list. And uh, it would say Yatsura is going to core two. Bleach is too long. I might as well put it over here. Since Andrew did it, I can do it too. Bam! I can do it better. I can do All right. it. Oh, dang, Chris in the house. <laughs> Fist bump. We're doing it. Uh, for my number five, I've got Immoral Guild. I got with Andrew. I am in, in the Immoral Guild uh, team. Best girl, by um, the way. I don't think I ever got best girl from you. Hana? Uh, Hannah's adorable. She's funny um, as heck. I I actually probably would go with Toxico as well. Thank you. I do love Toxico. Chris understands. But I do love I do love the 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 priestess girl. Yeah. Um she's she's hard on to like too. But yeah, um Or the, the elf. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the elf. excellent character by the way <laughs> um no i've got um that's looks great they're all great like i love the, the main the first girl too like the the, the puppy paw feats and everything it's like she's super cute and she's super, super they are caring. all adorable I, I and i love each one of them for a different reason right i, I really do yeah number four the, i don't know that, that's actually let me let me adjust something uh-oh. Why is that your number one? I just realized that was your number one. It, because I I shift uh, selected stuff. Okay, I was about to say, like... If you look at it, it's in the same <laughs> order is... as the list down here. We're going to have a signifer moment again, everybody. We're going to have a signifer moment again. I hate this show so much. It, it fooled me. I hate it. I hate it. Best show of the season. <laughs> Sigur fall over again, and it, and the stupid thing is, I still have not. Uh, I haven't finished Bochi. You better wrong. move up Immoral Guild. You better move up. You're crazy. <laughs> move Immoral Guild up. You're crazy. You're not going to put that over there. Stop. You're not. Move- You're messing me up. No, Chris. No, um, I will not stand for right. Uzaki beating it. <laughs> all right, I got number four. Is Uzaki Chan wants to hang out. Uh, uh, number three, I've got uh, Bochi the Rock. Uh, number two, I've got Reincarnated as a Sword. And number one, I've got Bibliophile Princess. I don't care what Andrew says. He, Andrew is in his own world. He can, Andrew's going to do what Andrew's going to do. A waste of a season, Yuzaki Chan was. All right. Now it is time for everything to be extremely painful. Are you ready to do your. Are we? Are we. Are we doing. God no. Five. Just, 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 just pretend like we that that's a category that we don't have to actually do. Oh, you don't want to do top ten? Yeah, well, let's not even do it. Just don't do it. That would be like the most like let down. <laughs> everybody, everybody, will, everybody will hate us. Uh, y'all know that you guys are putting us in in all kinds of torture. We're the we're the one that keeps sticking to the five. <laughs> I don't know why you're doing ten. We we should be doing five. That that I'm just that. gonna wait for you to say no. We're doing ten, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm, I don't, I'll have to undelete it if if I did delete it. So I'm just gonna wait until you go. I can't do five, and then I'll go. Well, I'm ready for a ten, Chris. <laughs> did you did you want to come on in here and we'll do we'll do ten? It's comfortable in here with the like I said before. We got a little bit of room to top, expand here. 
again, spoilers for everybody. Not squeezing I did into do, those tight jeans. I did do my top 10 video on YouTube. So it's already out there. Um, the thing that, that, that really hurt the most was that when I was putting together my top 10 list, I literally had my short list. Like when I got down to the point where these are all titles I want to win. It was like 20, 22 titles. Like 22 titles that I'm like, I can't cut these anymore. And so I didn't have to take that 12. I had to take 12 out of there and basically kick them out of the house. Like these are my children. These are all my babies. And I had to get rid of 12 of them. 12 titles that were worthy of being in the 10 slot. Um, so it was Well, and the, the silly thing is, is the, the, the top four is pretty much almost guaranteed your number ones for each season sort yeah. of yeah sort of I, I think some seasons are stronger sometimes than sometimes there's like i could be sa- sailor uniform that's that's one that i would say is probably a little bit more difficult because um i would be putting it in the same area as bibliophile princess i i think both of them do very different things and they're vo- both fantastic shows um yeah, Shadow House. Then, then we get Shadow House. The sequels this night. year. Yes. The sequels this year. Shadow House, Made in Abyss, was just. And yes, see, I'm already Tuss. just, just, just putting in uh, Call of the s- Night, and and <laughs> I, I have no space now. for. Uh, You're at six now. Yeah, I'm already at six. You're already breaking five. <laughs> like yep. I said, five is. I can do it. It's gonna. It's just gonna suck. It's just. It's painful. Just put. Immoral Guild's well, all I mean, of our yeah, favorite of the is, year. Let's just turn off the podcast. <laughs> yeah, sometimes there's um, there's the aspect of I mean when 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 I say the top four is obviously going to be the best of each each season. Yeah, there is there's that, but there's also the aspect of sometimes there is like for instance summer. There's there's cyberpunk for me and Call of the Night, which I yeah, think a, both a lot of those are a lot of my shows. yeah a lot of my summer uh, shows beat. Like everything in fall or whatever. Like there's there's cases where even if I have a number one of each season, there still can be a lot in another season that completely beats the number one in the fall. Exactly. So, yeah, it's it's it does make it easier to to just look through your your seasonals because you've already broken it down. That's that's what kind of makes the last one easy. The pro the thing that makes the 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 best of the year difficult is because now we have to essentially. Uh, kick things out we made a bunch and now we have to kick a bunch out <laughs> that's where it gets very difficult um which like i said it was it, it, yes technically i can take my top 10 list and just say all right just name off the top five of them but it, it sucks because i have all these underneath it that i can't say i can say them now but yeah my my long list i think was like Let's see what's in here that's not mine. Because I added some in here that I knew that you would like. I would say, yeah, my long list was 30 shows. 30 really great, standout, fantastic shows that I really did enjoy watching. Then I had to cut that down to 20, like I said. And then I cut it down to 10. So, it, it really, really good year. Like, that that's a sign of a really good year. <laughs> Like if if you're not if you're not sitting there going okay well I need if I need something to put in the ten slot uh, I guess this is good if you're not doing that it's a good year it's a real good year so and a very snorry dog to oh compare my gosh it's all right people 
I think we're I think we're good on the tin. I think we're good on the tin. I'm doing tin. Chris has already put together tin, so he's no, it, it Chris seems like he's comfortable. Really ticked off because <laughs> you can't do tin. Because <laughs> you're gonna have to. You have another. My dress one? up, darlings. Oh, uh, oh yeah, way down there. And then I, we've got uh, Yakuza's Guide to Babysitting is all the way down there. Healer Girl is all the way down there. It's it's yeah. MDUD was uh, again spoiler. MDUD was very difficult for me to drop off my list. Like I said, like essentially what I have in the long list is like Dress Up Darling, Vanitas, Princess Connect Redive, Takagi-san, Akibi Sailor Uniform, uh, Slow Loop, Orbital Children, Mushoko, which again is an OVA. It's fine. Rankin of Kings, Spike's Family, which, yeah, like I said, it fell off for me. Kaguya-sama, Love is War. Um, I'm Quitting Heroing, which was, yeah, it's okay. I probably would be off the list. A Sentence of Bookworm, Easy. Executioner Way of Life, Ya Boy Koming, Licorice Coil, Maiden Abyss, Call of Night, Shadow House, Cyberpunk, Awashi, Summertime Rendering, Chainsaw Man, <laughs> Do It Yourself, Boat to the Rock, Ark Knights, Uncle from Another World, Romantic Killer, like they're all freaking good. But no, my list, starting from number 10, Do It Yourself, Great Slice of Life, Great Characters, Fantastic Art Style, Everything, Nine, Maiden Abyss, Second Season, Again, World Building, just unsettling while at the same time extremely intriguing. The world building and the crazy mechanics behind it is great. Number eight is Call of the Night. Really fantastic setting, visuals, music, character writing. Uh, has impact in its own ways. Number, I'm, I'm having a lot of problems counting backward right now. <laughs> Seven I have is uh, the case study of Vintas, second part. Like I said, really fantastic vampire slash human world. Uh, the second part just grabbed me and did not let go. Fantastic characters. Chloe, Jean, all of them are fantastic. I just, I, I, it sucks that we're not getting any more anytime soon. Then I have Shadow House, second season, which again, amazing series. Love it to death. Then I have a Akiba Sailor Uniform. Great character writing, natural feeling situations and character interactions. Um, just absolutely adore Akiba. Then I have Sailor Time Rendering. Again, really fantastic writing. Gripped me from the beginning to end, except for the last two episodes. It was basically a perfect show. Then, yes, Rankin of Kings is my number three. Love it to death. Boji's great. Uh, great characters. The, the, I don't think we've mentioned this before, but I'll mention it here. Rankin of Kings is incredible because the characters are so dynamic. No character is the sum of their first appearance. They change. They observe. They they observe. Then they change their perspectives. And I think the way they pulled that off was incredible. Number two, Lucas Coil. Again, love the character, character writing, their interactions. Uh, the action scenes were really fantastic. The character designs are fantastic. Uh, Chisato's great. Takana's great. And uh, can't get enough of it. Then, yes, number one. My number one favorite anime of the year 2022 is by far, without a doubt, very easily a sentence of Bookworm, second, uh, third season. I just can't get enough of it. It, it it's, an, it's a sign that when you finish a series, you immediately go and buy <laughs> every bit of the source material that's available at the moment. Um, and that's what that series did to me. I cannot get enough of mine. Ferdinand... All the characters of the show, the struggles, the difficulties the characters face, mine especially, uh, the conflict that she faces, the willingness for the writer to really put her in a situation that 
things aren't rosy, but still she walks forward. And that's what makes her a very beautiful character. Selfish, selfish, but selfless and very complex. So, yeah. Um, I've got, uh, and, and this is. Just say what you say. Just say what you say every year. Ask me in 10 minutes. Ask me in 10 minutes. It's going to change it all up. I, and, and that's actually what I was getting ready to say. Um, because I, I, I'm, I'm in this kind of weird area because, um, in particular my top two, which I'll get to in a minute, those, those two are very interchangeable. Um, but as it stands right now, number 10 is my dress up darling. I absolutely adore that show. Um, number nine, I've got licorice recoil. Um, Number eight, I've got Bochi the Rock. Is that eight or is that seven? Um, Bochi the Rock. Next, I've got Shadow House. Um, absolutely love that show. Um, next one I've got is Call of the Night. Um, then I've got Akabi's Sailor Uniform. Then Bibliophile Princess. Um, Cyberpunk Endrunners is number three. Number two is Ascendance of the Bookworm. And number one is Ranking of Kings. Like I said, Ascendance of the Bookworm, like Andrew was talking about, uh, mine is absolutely adorable. Um, and I really love her struggles and the different things. That I she love her through. struggles. It sounds so bad, but I know what you're saying. <laughs> um, and, and Ranking of Kings is in a, in the similar vein of I, I absolutely love the things that these characters are going through and they're, they're building their strength up and the, um, and the growth that they go through in the, in the process of getting to this point. And both of these are very well written where, um, background characters have very, very purposeful things that they need to be brought forth. Um, rankings of King more so in the fact of digging into each of those side characters and, making them justified and and understanding the reasons that they make the decisions that they make making every character not something that you just throw away um ascendance of the bookworm uh in the fact that they are um bringing that knowledge over from the the other world and and incorporating that and while like andrew is saying she's both selfish and selfless at the same time uh the the aspect of like, I can't, I can't read the books because the orphanage, I I'm, I'm worried about the orphanage and can't and focus on my reading because yeah. I'm too busy worrying about them. So piff, I guess <laughs> I'll handle that. But yeah, I, like I said, ask me in 10 minutes. I I'm, I'm partial to mine. Um, but this is her. So I, I tend to want to keep her in the top, but I, I fully acknowledge that Ranking of Kings has fantastic writing. Both of them are very good stories, and I really love them both. Yeah, that was one of those cool things with Ranking of Kings is I remember I, I made a video at some point where I was like, you know, that now that we're at the point that we are now, and uh, there, was, there was a question that came in my own mind and several other people's minds was like, do you realize that they're not dealing with the Ranking of Kings system? Like, they're... They, they completely bypass the Ranking of Kings system. They're not even talking about it. It's about Boji and this crap happening over here. What happened to the whole competition? I'm like, they never let it out of your sight. You just don't know what you're looking for. And I loved how it, it technically was telling you about the Ranking of Kings system and how it was its origins, in a sense, through this other story. And I think it was really cool the way they did that. So it's really clever writing. And again, I, I probably should jump right straight into the source material, but... We do have a an OVA coming up here soon. I'm excited for it. So that's it. That is the Otaku Spirit Anime Cast Best of 2022. It's another one in the bag, Chris. I don't know how. 
My bum hurts. I've been sitting too long. Um, but we're going to get off here and get some rest. And I'm going to let Chris get back to his chilling so that he's ready for getting overworked elsewhere. But I appreciate Chris taking the time to jump over here and and uh, join us for this run through. So, so people can get more perspectives than just Andrew. But yeah, here's to 2023. Again, I have my concerns for uh, if this the the amount of animations that's coming out next year is going to be supported by the industry. But we will see if things will not fall apart. If not, we'll have a um, <laughs> a podcast about talking about Blu-rays at the end of the year. I don't know. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we appreciate you guys for dropping by again. We're at talkaspear.com. That's where you can go for all of our links, social media links, Discord, ways of supporting us through Patreon, our tips link. Um, if you're on YouTube, you can support us through our super thanks there as well as uh, becoming a member, which we've gotten quite a few members already. And I greatly appreciate everybody for their support. That means so much to us. And uh, with that said, y'all take care. Oh, Yoki, wake up. <laughs>